What did you think of Rocky giving you an engagement ring? I loved it. That didn't throw you off? You were, you were good with it? We've asked each other to marry each other so many times. We, we have art detected and had a visual of what we wanted our life to look like years ago. And it actually looks a little better than we had anticipated. Okay. So we're just really celebrating that, we're getting there. Only thing that she wanted me to do it on my uh, pinky, but then when she saw it on the right one, she was like, nah, fuck that, keep it on that, <laughs> you know? Hey guys, what's up? It's Allison. Welcome to another episode of the Allison Interviews Podcast. So this episode is a little non-traditional and things didn't really go as I expected them to, but you know what? That's fine because a lot of things in life don't go the way you expect them to. And I had interviewed Damon Dash once before, a few years back, and that particular interview was about a film he was releasing at the time called Honor Up, and that was actually a phone interview. It was before I started doing all this podcast and video craziness and all that stuff. And it was actually a really, really good interview that I'm proud of. This interview, you know, when it first happened, the sound quality was a little iffy, and at times my personality and Dame's personality kind of clashed a little bit, but... After a few days, just kind of giving it a little bit of space and stepping back and then reading the transcript, I was like, you know what? He shares a lot of really interesting insights, and I feel that these insights are valuable to a lot of people out there. And because they're of value to a lot of people out there, I'm compelled to share them because that's kind of my job. It's interesting because at the very end of the interview, with Mr. Dash, he said to me, wouldn't you rather be doing television than this podcast? You can't tell me that you wouldn't rather have your own TV show as opposed to having this podcast. And it was like a strange moment during the interview. It actually didn't make it into the final cut. And I feel like he didn't really want to hear my answer. But my answer is the way I approach life I have made a conscious decision a very long time ago because I really think it's the only way to live. That yes, I have long-term plans. Yes, I have long-term goals. We all should. I don't always share them with everybody because I'm pretty selective with who I share my plans with. It's just, it's like a very intimate thing with me. And unless I trust you completely, I'm not going to give you the whole rundown of what my five-year or 10-year plan is. I just, I just don't roll like that. But the way I choose to live is I choose to live in 100% gratitude of whatever life brings to me at that very moment. And I have to say, six months ago, I didn't even know I'd be doing a podcast. I actually was kind of gun-shy about getting into the whole multimedia space. I was strictly print. Anytime somebody would ask me if I wanted to do a podcast, if I wanted to do YouTube, if I wanted to do this or that... My answer would always be the same. Well, no, I'm a writer. And then at some point, I don't know what it was, but it was on a particular day, somebody asked me in just such a way that it just struck me and it really struck a chord. And I was like, you know what? It's time. 
So I have to say my answer to that question is right now I am so excited and I'm so enjoying doing this podcast for you guys that there's really honestly nothing else I'd rather be doing right now. And that is the truth. What I would like to be doing in a year, two years, three years, five years, whatever. Well, that's for me to know and for you to find out. (laughs) But right now I am in such a space of gratitude. I can't even tell you. And I am absolutely loving what I'm doing. So there you go. So without further ado, here is my interview with Damon Dash and his lovely fiance, Raquel Rocky Horn. Enjoy. So first of all, I just want to tell you that your son is the cutest. I'm friends with Rocky on Instagram and he is just the most delicious thing ever. I just want to tell you that. I appreciate that. He's brought so much joy to us and my whole family, yeah. you know, he's there. That's awesome. He's right here. Because I wanted to speak to both of you because I know that you guys have been together on this plant-based journey for a long mm-hmm. time. So who got who involved? The thing like, is we do everything. We do everything together. There's nothing okay. that we do not do together. So you do everything together, but who started it? Like, who was it who said, you know what? Let's eat plant-based. Let's like revamp our whole way. Well, of let me tell you my version. I'll let you tell her version. It was- so she wanted to go plant-based for a while, but you know, I eat very simple things at the time. Cheeseburgers, chicken fingers, not very healthy. Yeah. Very simple. And, you know, I was always disgusted by meat. So there would be times like when she first met me, I was actually a vegetarian. Mm. And the- Damon never ate anything that looked like an animal. So it was like never meat on the bone situation. Yeah, never anything that ever looked, course. reminded him of it. A- That's why I was always no like a chicken finger. Ever. No, no fish, never. Ever. Right. It had to be like in a like nugget. Food. It can't look like a chicken, right? It looked like just me <laughs> not actually addressing the truth. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, so she started to be like, after a while, she was starting to, transition herself off of me and she was cooking a certain way to transition me sneaky because she's sneaky but we watched what the health and that day after i saw the pus and the doodle and the cancer and the diabetes yeah just logically i could not ever go back to the extent that like i'd be like oh i can take a bite once in a while I remember like a week or two after I tried to take a bite, we were at the farmer's market. No, no, no. It was, we went to the Jamaican place and got vegan Jamaican food and you couldn't, there was oxtails. And he was like, I'm going to have to just order a sample to see it. He couldn't even, he went and threw up in the back. He was like, I couldn't do it. So that's my version. Yeah. Pretty much. So we started this network called Dash Diabetes Network. And Damon's type one diabetic. And in our research and in my research of learning about diabetes, and I just started seeing that it was all going back to dairy and food and meat products. So it was everywhere that I was studying it. And then all of a sudden, what the health came out, and it just we had just, we had just got a bunch of paws beef bacon. Yeah. I used to love beef bacon, man. And none of that shit got rid of everything that night. The next day, it changed our lives in 24 hours. And from then on, we had so many of our watch it. And it just because for us, it was just logical. So Damon was like, I can't, if there's going to be doo doo on my plate, I'm not going to eat what's on my plate. If you got 
a plate of food and just a little bit of doo-doo is on it, you're not going to touch that food. Right. Or like a or- rat runs over it, you ain't touching that. And there's like tolerance for rat hair and tolerance for fecal and 100% of chicken got doo-doo on it. This shit is just, you can't know that it's doo-doo and still eat it. It just, it can't do it. Yeah. It's nasty. So, I, that pus, when they bust the pus. So you're a type yeah, 1 diabetic. Nice. This is interesting because my father is also a type 1 diabetic. And what I found, one of the most interesting things in what the health for me was, I forget which doctor it was. I think it was Dr. Neil Barnard that said diabetes, uh, well, type 2 diabetes, the type 1 is a little bit different, but type 2 diabetes is actually when there's so much fat what is it? There's so much fat that goes into your cells that the sugar can't find its way in. And so the sugar builds up in the blood. And that's what actually causes type two diabetes, which is a chronic illness. Well, what happens is your pancreas produces a certain amount of insulin to bring that down, that sugar down when it happens. Right. So if you have too much, it's not, your, your pancreas is not producing enough insulin to cover the carbs in your body to break right. that down. You understand what I mean? And yeah, that's from eating meat. There he goes. Oh my god, he's so freaking cute. His name's Duska, right? Mm-hmm. Oh my god, I can't take it. <laughs> Hi, he speaks three languages Spanish, English, and sign language. Really, that's awesome. And by the way, I actually interviewed you a few years ago for your film Honor Up. And when I spoke to you then, you told me you were discussing that um, your mother passed away when you were 15. Did she pass away from health issues? Was it, it? It was from asthma. Okay. So when you look back on that now, do you feel that diet may have played a role in, in her condition? I don't know. Because she was actually pretty healthy. And my mom used to go through different phases. So that whole thing, vegan and all that, we went through it. We went, we went, I went through a lot of things, different things with my mom, but she always had asthma. I don't know. I mean, it's an autoimmune deficiency. Yeah. It's, it's an autoimmune disease disorder. So a lot of that is hereditary. That's why I have diabetes. Right. You know I, mean? I can't call it because my mom was always conscious of our food. But I did eat some bullshit with her. I, yeah, I'm, I'm sure it did. I think along with anxiety, stress of being black and a woman and, you know, alone and those right. kind of things. I know she was strong enough to make sure that in my brain that I just mentally would not let myself have it or even say I could, like, if I, if I, if I, cause I would have it a little bit and she'd be like, don't ever say you have it or it's yours. It's not true. Right. And she drank water instead of using that spray. And I was too much of an athletic guy to be wheezy. You know what I mean? Yeah. So how did you get involved with the film They're Trying to Kill Us? Did you contact? I know it's the same producer as What the Health. Did they contact you or did did you contact them? A friend of a friend knew them. Badass Vegan's homie. No, Badass Vegan is humble. That's your man. Yeah. No. Keegan Coon, right? Yes, Keegan is white, Badass Vegan. Oh, okay, my bad. It was Badass Vegan and Keegan Coon who who, con- or who contacted you? Well, we had a friend that is really good friends with Badass Vegan. Oh, that's right. Okay. She 
made the interview happen with Damon. And okay. um, from there, we actually got to interview both of them for my show, Health is Wealth. Got it. All right. So Damon, what are your thoughts on some of the conclusions that they drew in this film where they're drawing like a, a line from slavery up through the year 2021 and how a lot of foods and lifestyle choices that Black Americans consider part of their culture are actually detrimental to their health. I mean, what, what are your thoughts on that? I think it's strategic. I think it's brilliant that the enemy use that as warfare and how long it's affected us. I just think now that we're aware of it, we should be like, break the program. Right. You know? So I feel like it was like, you know how we'll keep them in a place of distress, keep them unhealthy, keep them arguing with each other, keep them struggling, but keep them hating all of it and make them actually eat to escape the life they hate and what they eat while they come out of church, while they're worshiping the God, the name Jesus, which is a European interpretation of the name, the name is Joshua, but you still mm-hmm. got it. Black people saying the wrong interpretation. And that's really usually where the bad food, the worst food is usually at the church, right? Right. So they give us religion and the food to eat after they've given us that religion. And that's the reason why most people are depressed. So I just think it's all a brilliant scheme, evilly brilliant. But I just think unless we're not logical, unless we're happy with being unhappy, why would we not change it? And the only way to change something is to do it different. You have to make a change for there to be a change. Right. So what's the change going to be? You know, if you want your circumstance different, you got to do it different. So what's your difference? Are you going to eat different? Are you going to think different? Are you going to love different? Are you going to love yourself different? It has to be different to have a different outcome. When you were growing up, were you living in a part of the city that would be considered a food desert, kind of like what they were describing, where you've got you've got fast food, liquor stores, no grocery stores? There was always a grocery store, but it was always ready available as like that little fix, that 25 cent, you know, a, what you could get for a dollar is what you was really... You really ate mostly at the bodegas. Yeah, I ate at the bodegas. That's yeah. right. Food desert, right? So it's not... That's my point. That's what I'm saying. So I would go to the bodegas so that mm-hmm. instead of going to the grocery store, because instead of spending ten dollars, I'd have a dollar. Mm-hmm. So I would end up buying right. potato chips and buying what I could right. get with that dollar or right. twenty, whatever it is. So okay. that's my point. It's just like short fixes that are unhealthy, but get you through the day every day, all day for a lot of people's whole life. Yeah, eating them grease cheese sandwich. You know, a lot of what I ate every day was Hodges, and that was like world famous of cheesesteak with the onions and delicious grease. We used to call we used to literally call it a grease sandwich. Right, so right. You squeeze it, just so much grease would come out. The, past- the pastrami and cheese, so good, but you so unhealthy. Yeah. Ate a bacon pack. Oh yeah, they, uh, that was a divine. My my friend said oh, for Christmas his mom's in the cuisine. No, that was um like a bacon grease sandwich. I'm like, what the f- one of our friends was saying that her gr- mother would just eat for a sandwich. It would be a bacon fat sandwich. God. Like, just well, instead of your, butter, it would be bacon fat. 
Did any of your parents ever save bacon fat when they would cook bacon when you were growing up and like save it in a jar? Everybody said grease. Everyone had a jar of grease in the refrigerator. That is so... That's exactly what she would put on her toast. That's disgusting. Disgusting. Oh my God. Firstly, I want to thank Athletic Greens for sponsoring this podcast. Athletic Greens has a product called AG1 that I have been using literally every morning. When I start my morning with AG1 drink first thing before my coffee or my morning smoothie, it's a whole different ballgame. So I wake up in the morning. As soon as I get down to the kitchen, I put in a scoop of AG1 into my water. I stir it up. I drink it down. It's a few seconds out of my morning and I just feel so much more energetic than I did before. I get 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced ingredients, probiotics, and adaptogens all in one drink. I feel like I'm starting my day on the right foot, and it's a good feeling to know that you're starting your day by being kind to yourself. Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews. It's recommended by professional athletes, and I respect their company values. Athletic Greens is a climate-neutral certified company. They also stay on the cutting edge of nutritional research, which is super important to me. AG1 is the single greatest thing you can do for your body in under 60 seconds. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash Allison Interviews. Again, it's athleticgreens.com forward slash Allison Interviews to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Firstly, I want to thank Athletic Greens for sponsoring this podcast. Athletic Greens has a product called AG1 that I have been using literally every morning. When I start my morning with AG1 drink first thing before my coffee or my morning smoothie, it's a whole different ballgame. So I wake up in the morning. As soon as I get down to the kitchen, I put in a scoop of AG1 into my water. I stir it up. I drink it down. It's a few seconds out of my morning, and I just feel so much more energetic than I did before. I get 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced ingredients, probiotics, and adaptogens all in one drink. I feel like I'm starting my day on the right foot, and it's a good feeling to know that you're starting your day by being kind to yourself. Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews. It's recommended by professional athletes, and I respect their company values. Athletic Greens is a climate-neutral certified company. They also stay on the cutting edge of nutritional research, which is super important to me. AG1 is the single greatest thing you can do for your body in under 60 seconds. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash Allison Interviews. Again, it's athleticgreens.com forward slash Allison Interviews to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. So when you were at the height of doing Rockefeller Records and you were at the height of that part of your career, what were your food and lifestyle habits at that point? How were you living day to day? Like food, fitness? mental health, all of that. All of it. I was always doing that because I'm diabetic. So I've always watched what I ate. You know, I had a chef that actually used to break down my plates 
mm-hmm. and buy the car. And I, for a little while, I was bringing them to the restaurants with me because they couldn't count carbs. But it just got too, it's too, it was a lot. I've always eaten well. I've always worked out. And, you know, that's always what I've always done that. Damon like, enjoys eating, so diabetes doesn't hold him back. So he just makes sure that he... Yeah, I'm sticking my leg all day, yeah. and I'm working out. Yeah. But... Well, tell me if you guys agree with this, because I've been eating a lot more plant-based lately. And do you find that you're not as hungry? Like you're eating less calories, but you're eating more nutrition, and you're not hungry as much? It depends. because We're in the house a lot, and we're next to a kitchen, so we snack a lot. <laughs> but while I'm working... <laughs> And I, and I smoke weed all day. I don't know. I'd be high. You're hungry. I'd, say, okay. I think I'd be high, not hungry. I'd be I high. think it depends on the certain type of um, I'd be smoking weed. momentum we're in in life. Okay. Um, but I do believe that, you know, the good food that you eat makes your body feel better. So, and yeah. it also, it teaches your, you feel energized. You have proper energy rather than empty energy from good food, food. Good food and good sex is important. I agree. Important. I agree. The is very important. But you know what I find though? I don't know about you guys, but like food and sex don't go together. You have to be on an empty stomach, you know, like, yeah, like full Thanksgiving no. belly. Well, yeah. Like no, who no, wants no. to have sex after Thanksgiving? You can't. No. What? We're talking about the good part. But when we're not every other day, other than when it's Thanksgiving, we have right. sex. After. <laughs> <laughs> you have sex in the morning. Right, because then you're not like... The only thing that's been challenging... I mean, what you said, sex after what? No, like who wants to have sex after dinner? It just doesn't work. But anyway, so my point is, it's been a little challenging having a baby... Yeah. Only because he sleeps with us. And he's, he's definitely monopolized the top part of our body. Yeah. And he's a hater, you know? Like, he can, <laughs> like, sensually touch him. It's like, I can't. He yeah. doesn't want another brother. So I can say that. But, and he says mommy all day. And he's the boss. Right. So I do have a boss now. It's him. He's my little CEO. And he's, he's better dressed than me, too. So yeah. he's the guy. Everything is... The whole house is in. So are you doing the co-sleeping thing? Yeah. We couldn't do the uh, sleep training. We did everything right except that. We just love you and around us all the time. You guys split your time between LA and, and Wyoming? We were remind we, like during COVID, we were doing it over. But we've only been out there a couple of times. We gotta get out there more. But we will. What about your daddy? Don't forget about your daddy. <laughs> like, I have to sing to um, him. Make songs together. He has a good time. He plays the piano, the guitar. He's about to have a guitar lesson, too. He's watching the Beatles. Yeah, he's stuck. He's stuck in the Beatles. You know, he's very musical, because I turned into a rock star, like a real one. Like and rock we've, band we've been raising him. He- yeah, she's going to show you his regimen and her book and his room. So much. Okay. He's pretty much been eating uh, plant-based, too, so... Okay. But, yeah, we, uh, in the morning, just getting potty trained, mm-hmm. and I did a kid's book, mm-hmm. and then I have the actual book that just came out. Oh, let's see. Jessica goes to space. Oh, that's so cute. Yeah, it's about him and his best friend, Governor. 
Very cute. When did that come out? Um, it just came out on Black Friday. By the way, this is the best guitar player in the whole world, in the universe. This is Tash. Hi. Sing a lot. So yeah, so that's what he does. He looks at music. Do you want him to go into the music industry? I don't mind it. Whatever he wants to do, I just want him to be creative. Are you going to have another, but, or is it like one and done? I would like to have a little girl, but whatever. Whatever I can okay. get. It yeah. took seven years to get him, so whatever I can do. I get it. He's not trying to have a little brother or sister anytime soon. He's no, trying he wants to, all the attention. He right wants now. all the attention. Oh, yeah. How old is he now? He just turned a year. Are you guys going to get married? At some point, after COVID... Yeah. So do like a big country wedding in Wyoming or something? Oh, that would be fun. Yeah. I want to yeah. show you. Um, I, I gave Damon an engagement ring. <laughs> well, that was, uh, yeah, no, I've been wanting to give him that. And Damon's birthstone is emeralds. And um, I love emeralds. I've always loved emeralds since I was a kid. That, that was a really special thing. Oh, that's really, was that like a 50th birthday gift? Well, I got it for him for an engagement ring. Oh, you're not joking. No, I'm not joking. I was like, why do girls only get the engagement rings? I got him an engagement ring, too. Well, what does he think about that? Where is he? He loves it. Are you kidding me? He loves jewelry. But I mean, like, did you actually propose? I mean, pretty much. He was laughing at me. But it was. Where is he? I want to ask what he, he, what he thought. He, I didn't get down on the knee. I just surprised him. What did you think of... Rocky giving you an engagement ring. I loved it. It was beautiful. That didn't, that didn't throw you off? You were, you were good with it? We're pretty strategic about what we do. So, you know, it was just the timing of it all. We've asked each other to marry each other so many times. My tax problems was handled, you know? So, we're almost there. We got a baby. Yeah. I think we are so in love that we don't even know when or what time any of that shit it's just like it goes without saying you know what i mean yeah only thing that she wanted me to do it on my uh pinky but then when she saw it on the right one she was like nah fuck that keep it on that you know <laughs> so we we have art detected and had a visual of what we wanted our life to look like years ago and it actually looks a little better than we had anticipated okay. so we're just really celebrating that we're getting there and maintaining it. So it's like, this just represents how fly our relationship is, you know? I hear you. It's like you're married. You just need to get around to having a party. I know exactly what you mean. We're gonna get married, like I said, gotta get the taxes right. You know, COVID, really fuck. We probably would've got married already if it wasn't for COVID. Yeah. I tried to get married so many times in Vegas, but she's like a mother would kill her. We're, we're very untraditional people with a traditional sensibility. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do know what you mean. What are your thoughts on weed as part of like a healthy lifestyle? Like, is that, do you think that that goes hand in hand? I think, you know, it's different strokes for different folks. I really believe weed is healthy and cannabis. And, you know, I'm part Anunnaki and I know the Anunnaki's actually brought weed to this planet and beer. Yeah. So, is it like part of your daily regimen or is it a once in a while thing? No, I'm a stoner. You're a stoner? Yeah. Can you function and think clearly when you're not smoking? Yeah. 
which way you're more creative when you're when you're smoking i'm assuming i have more patience when i'm smoking i get it easily triggered why do you think because i think the rest of the world is dumb and they're slow and i just don't have time because not many people are cut from the same cloth as me right it's taking me like I repeat to understand that I can't judge people because they're not as evolved. I just have to stay away from. Do you feel like you're like kind of outside the matrix? I think I'm more aware. I don't know why, but I've had a heightened level of awareness of self-worth since the day I was born. I just probably come from, I know I come from a royal lineage and I just know I'm meant to be a king and be treated like one and a real king fights for his love. So mm-hmm. it comes with being a king is not just reaping the fruits. It's fighting for them. What's your opinion on how you're covered in the media? Is what's said about you accurate, not accurate? I don't care what's said about me, as long as they're talking about me. I'm 50 years old. I haven't been outside in like 15 years, and they still talk about me. So it's a good thing. Keep talking about me, bad or good. I don't care about judgment. It doesn't affect me. I don't hear nothing nobody says for where I'm at. In front of me, I get nothing but respect. So caring about what people think, and especially being a public figure, to me, is an oxymoron. Don't be a public mm-hmm. figure if you're going to be worried about what the public thinks. All that matters to me is that I'm not hurting anybody and that I am fighting for love. And anyone that has something to say about that, I don't expect people that are fighting for hate to actually represent me in the right way. That I makes no sense. I have no expectation of my oppressor trying to make me a hero. It means okay. that if they feel the need to keep trying to, to contradict the message, that means I'm, I'm always relevant, that they have to always regulate it or try to regulate it to the masses. So I know that no matter what, whoever powers that are benefiting from our dysfunction and how we fight and us thinking that they're the plug and they're not, those are the people that are going to try to protect their image by trying to do something bad to mine. But I don't give a fuck, really. I expect it. I suppose that. It's just like, if you're the guy that's messing and getting all the girls to do start to talk about you bad in front of the girls, so, and that just always brings the girls to you. So keep talking about me. It just brings more people to me. What are your thoughts on what happened with the Astroworld Music Festival? And do you think that would have happened years ago? Do you think that would have happened 20 years ago? Something like that? It did happen 20 years ago. Something like that. Yeah, that stuff happened. It happened with Puff at the basketball game. I was there. Like seven people died. They got smothered. Which basketball game? That was years ago. Yeah, I've seen that happen. I've actually lost friends in situations like that. I would hope that it's not intentional. You know, I, I feel sorry. It's a tragedy. It's a terrible day. It's, it's hard to be. I wasn't there. I don't know the homeboy. I can't blame nobody. I don't know nothing about it. But those things have happened. Yes, I've been I've been a part of those kind of tragedies. I've been there for those tragedies. I've seen it. I've seen what it looks like to see people get like smothered in the, the, the confusion and the chaos that comes with it. I've actually been in that atmosphere. So I know what that's, I actually know what it feels like to be in, a, in that situation. But I was, you know, I was in the stands because I got in earlier. But they all got stuck in the staircase and shit. I lost my you, friend. She went to my school. Her name was Dawn. She died. By being smothered at an event? Yeah, she was from Brooklyn. Yeah, the basketball game. So why wasn't Puffy like strung up by his thumbs like the way Travis Scott is being? Like, why wasn't it? Really, I don't think he wasn't. It was a huge thing at the time. So I'm like, I can't believe you didn't. It was a big deal. Wow. It's like things like that happen every 10 years or so, you know, every 20 years. And life is just 
it's so unpredictable and how something that can be a dream turned into a nightmare. And that's why you have to be conscious of things. You know, for me, it's like I wouldn't have brought my kids to that festival. That's one thing I wouldn't have done. Right. So when I hear that children, I'm like, why was a nine year old there in the first place? But I feel so terrible to put shame on a parent that's already. I'm not putting shame. I'm just saying I'm not no shame. Nothing but compassion. But at the end of the day, please don't take your little children during COVID to a concert where there's a bunch of adults that you know are going to be hot. That doesn't make logical sense. So I'm not blaming anyone. And it's not, I'm just saying that you asking me and I'm telling you, but I've had nothing but compassion. I feel that's the biggest tragedy. It's terrible. You know what I'm saying? Nothing good about it. I feel sorry for every single person that had to experience that. So what I was explaining to you is that's the kind of thing I'm telling you what happened 20, 30 years ago. It still sticks with me. Whether I got affected or not, I got affected. I lost people, but I saw people lose their life. So what I'm saying is I don't think anything was intentional, 100% not. It was a big accident. But to avoid things like that happening, you have to do things logically, period. Everybody, nothing but but warning, please do not take your children to a concert or a festival unless it's for children. If you know there's going to be drugs there, do not take them. If it's COVID, do not yeah. go. It's COVID. No, I agree. But I working. also think that Live Nation was greedy as fuck. I mean, that's you, not the thing is, I'm not, that's not me. I, I, I don't know. The, I don't know the facts. So and I'm not speaking on their business at all. All I can tell you yeah. is how it made me feel. It made me feel sad. And right. it, it reminded me of when it happened. And I feel bad for everybody because it's going to affect everyone that was involved, that saw it. And it'll affect us. But learning from it, I know that when my daughter says she wants to go to a festival, the answer is no, period. Yeah. Not right now. Not right now. It'll be there later. It's not worth it. Relax. No, I agree. Do you have like, did you have PTSD for a while from it? It sounds like it. I still have it. I have it from a lot of things. And that's why I I talk to a therapist. I have a show on the network called Healing is Gangster. Yeah. Yeah. There's been a lot of trauma that I've had to deal with. We all do. Being from this culture is traumatizing. Being a woman and being in this culture must be double traumatized. You know? Yeah. And people think that's a normal and it's not. So, you know, you can't let your normal be being unhappy, being uncomfortable. You know, I know what it is. I did an experiment a week ago. And I was like, let me just see how it makes me feel if I internalize what's bothering me for a couple of days. I felt terrible. And I was like, I'm never doing that again. I just wanted to see, like, well, maybe if I don't address certain things, maybe it'll make me feel better. Nah, it just made me think about it more. Yeah. It gives us too many questions. Yes. So we have stress that we're internalizing. It's going to make us sick inside. And I, I couldn't imagine being not having enough courage to speak about exactly what I'm feeling. Honestly, every time I feel it, if I had to hold in everything that I feel, I'd be miserable. Me too. That's the reason why I'm so happy because there's nothing but honest words coming out my mouth. I hold nothing back. So there is no trauma that I have to keep revisiting and asking about because I don't know the answers to. I get the answer so I can move on. Yeah, I agree. When did you decide that your mental health was a priority? At what age? 
maybe a little before Leah died. Before she died, you started to think about like therapy. A lot of times when I care about people, I need to make sure that they're all right because then I won't be all right. Mm-hmm. And I've always had therapists come see the people I work with because I do things different and I have to make sure that they understand that because my method is different, it's not wrong and it shouldn't be offensive when somebody gives you crit- some sort of constructive criticism just because you've never done it this way before. Mm-hmm. And the anxiety that comes with, you know, the unknown, making people do things they've never done is, is very scary to people. Where I embrace those things, a lot of people really don't. It becomes something that gives them a lot of anxiety. So my point is, I always make sure there's therapists on deck because I always have had a crew. And then even when my personal relationships, you know, with women or whoever, if I can't communicate, you know, it's always good to me to bring a third party in. Because when you're arguing with somebody and no one's there, mm-hmm. you can say the stupidest shit. There's no recourse. But you ain't going to say no super dumb shit and argue about it in front of somebody that's like logical and, you know, so on and so forth. Yeah. So I've always thought about I always have a, a therapist, almost like a referee, but that can logically break you down or break me down that doesn't have a dog in the fight, you know, yeah. So I've always just thought it's logical to have as much help as I can. Even in my businesses, if I don't know it, I get a consultant. So it's almost mm-hmm. like having a consultant for your life. You want your business to be tight. You want your life to be tight. Yeah. And the thing I want to add, and, you know, I can't stay on much longer. I got a movie to shoot and I got also a movie to score. And I also have a movie to edit and I also have to do a budget and I also have to, you know, that kind of thing all day. Right. Um, and I have to teach a class with the OSG, which is, you know, 120 black principles, which we're a part of. And I do an entrepreneurial class in Zoom with them. So that's what my day is looking like all day. My problem with people is they don't dream. They don't visualize what they want their life to look like very specifically. Mm-hmm. And they just fucking let life come to them. And, and they are wondering why they're like in a nightmare. It's because you're living in someone else's dream. You know, mm-hmm. if I shoot a movie, I write the script before I direct it. I make it exactly the way I want it. So it's easy to shoot. That's the way I approach my life. Hey guys. So what did you think? I know it was like, a little bit all over the place, a little bit up and down, in and out, back and forth. (laughs) I totally get it. But again, you you gotta admit, there were some gems dropped, right? There really were. And I have to admit that. The man really has some interesting things to say. And I think that that's why millions of people are interested in his life, even to this day. You know, Rockefeller Records was a long time ago. He's now heavily into being an entrepreneur. I think also a lot of his video content is now on Fox Soul as well. So you can definitely catch a lot of the content that he and Rocky produce on Fox Soul. I know that they just did a collaboration with that streaming network, which I happen to really love. I watch a lot of Fox Soul and I've had a lot of clients on there and it's it's a really cool streaming service if you haven't yet checked it out. 
And I also just want to share that Rocky did bring their baby Dusko on camera. So if you want to check out that footage on YouTube, you'll be able to see it. It's really super cute. They introduced me to their baby boy Dusko. They kind of gave me a tour of the house. And Rocky's children's book about their son called Dusko Goes to Space is available on Amazon.com. So go check that out. Check out Rocky and Dame on Fox. Soul, and that's all I gotta say. I'm out of here. Peace.